Chapter Thirteen of A Soldier's Letters to Charming Nelly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Denise Nordell. A Soldier's Letters to Charming Nelly by J. B. Polly. Chapter Thirteen. Gettysburg. Letter of July Thirtieth, eighteen sixty-three. Continued heretofore charming nelly it has been my privilege and delight to boast of victory acknowledged and glorious victory i know the northern people claim that lee's army met defeat at sharpsburg antietam they call it but the calm unbiased judgment of the future will never sanction the claim considering that the federal army outnumbered ours fully two to one that lee held his ground against all assaults that he stood ready to receive an attack for one whole day and then retired slowly deliberately without molestation and without additional loss certainly only the partisan swayed and blinded by prejudice passion and pride can refuse to him the laurels of the victor an army knows when it is whipped and when after a hard-fought battle brave men still wear confident smiles and cheer their general as he passes as lee's army did him the day after its return to virginia soil it is because they know they have won the fight but alas sharpsburg furnishes but little of compensation for gettysburg for here defeat bloody terrible and disastrous defeat stared us in the face at the beginning of the conflict and swept down on us an overwhelming pall of gloom at its ending at sharpsburg mcclellan attacked and lee held his ground at gettysburg lee made the assault and meade the successor of mcclellan held his ground at the one place the federals met withering deadly repulse at the other the confederates while at gettysburg the confederates fought heroically while pickett's charge on cemetery heights has never been equaled in vigor dash and reckless daring while every division brigade and regiment of the southern army did its duty nobly and well the odds both in numbers and position were against us the god of war hostile and inevitable crushing defeat fell to our lot nor did it come at gettysburg only for on the same day pemberton surrendered vicksburg fell the news of that companion disaster reaching us almost simultaneously with the knowledge of our own misfortune that a mistake was made at gettysburg is admitted by all who made it it is now too late to inquire the cavalry out of place and reach general lee lacked the exact information requisite to successful generalship fighting where we did assaulting heights defended by superior numbers and difficult to scale even by unarmed and unopposed men it seems now impossible to have won had we moved to the right across the emmitsburg road and selecting our position awaited the attack meade would have been compelled to make the result might have been different the confederates now singing the songs of victory instead of doing their best to keep out of the slough of despond why we did not move to the right general lee only knows and defeat novel and humiliating as it is has not shaken our confidence in him and his subordinate commanders the rank and file of the army did its whole duty and absolutely refuses to admit that either through carelessness or intention its generals did less we are not much hero-worshippers as to believe even lee infallible especially when we remember his noble and magnanimous words it is all my fault men it is all my fault self-respect would have prohibited that admission had it been wholly untrue butler says in hudibras in all the trade of war no feat is nobler than a brave retreat that is biting subtle irony in the connection in which it appears but might be written seriously and truly of the retreat from gettysburg of the endurance of the confederate army the brave front ever turned upon the pursuing enemy and the generalship of lee 
beaten and crushed decimated by death and wounds gaunted by hunger and footsore with marching as was that army meade although elated by victory dared neither to follow it closely nor attack it when like a lion in his path it stood at bay and at hagerstown it lay in defiant but restful security long enough to build pontoon bridges send across them its immense train of wagons and follow at its leisure let the yankees boast as much as they please over this their first success we have met repulse but god willing will yet win freedom independence and separate nationality given a fair field our disaster will be retrieved and the yankee nation taught that one swallow does not make a summer i can tell you little of the battle of gettysburg for luckily or unluckily just as one chooses to regard it i was not a participant in the attack on july second on little round top the brigade was exposed to a terrific fire of shot shell and canister and lost many of its best men among the many daring acts of which the boys speak in warm admiration is that of george brainard color-bearer of the first texas who bore his flag so far and gallantly to the front that the yankees in recognition of his bravery shouted to each other don't shoot that color-bearer he is too brave it appears that in the unavoidable confusion incident to an attack by several brigades upon a common point the colors of several georgia regiments and those of the first texas came so near together behind a natural breastwork of rocks that they not only drew the concentrated fire of the enemy but made it difficult to determine which flag was farthest in advance to settle the question beyond dispute brainard called upon his color guard to follow him and mounting the rocks dashed forward toward the yankee lines it was here the federal infantry sought to spare him their artillery however could not be so magnanimous and the bursting of a shell carried away all but the lower part of the flagstaff and laid brainard unconscious upon the ground at first it was thought he was killed but that was a mistake he revived in a few minutes and if his friends had let him would have attempted to whip the whole yankee nation by himself he was so mad it is only of the lights and lesser shadows of this cruel war i care to write its horrors i avoid as well because soldier-like i try to forget them as because it is unkind to shock your womanly sensibilities with things so revolting and gruesome but fortunately there are few amusing incidents to record of the battle and to delay saying farewell othello's occupation's gone and closing this already lengthy epistle before the boys from camp have had time to make their daily raid on the corn-patch i must perforce descend to egotism so revenant dans non montant which means translated under stress of the present emergency let us return to our wagons after night descended on the fourth of july and concealed our movements from the enemy they were loaded with those of the wounded who could stand rough transportation and ordered across the potomac it rained heavily all night long and right gladly would i have crawled beneath the sheets of a wagon and found protection from the storm but my steed refused to lead and i was forced to take the rein and be content with such catnaps as occasional halts permitted just before daylight i called at a house by the roadside and although the sour and forbidding countenance of the proprietor indicated no anxiety to cultivate amicable relations persuaded him to fortify my inner man with two cups of coffee and a proportional share of bread and butter daylight brought with it the dread fear of pursuit and the teams were pushed rapidly on but on arriving at williamsport what was our surprise and consternation to find the potomac conspiring with the enemy and so swollen as to be impassable in the absence of pontoons to add to the iliad of our woes the yankee cavalry came swooping down on us at noon and the dire and deplorable misfortunes of capture and captivity stared us broadly and unwinkingly in the face 
still just as a mouse will fight when cornered so will commissaries quartermasters and their immediate subordinates and the small cavalry force escorting the train was at once reinforced by a body of men who however non-combatant ordinarily on this occasion faced danger gallantly and although sadly out of practice used the few weapons to be had with a deadly skill that soon put the foe to flight fortunately too just when the yankees were fairly on the run general imboden came creeping up with the brigade of confederate cavalry and without a blow to win them coolly appropriated all the honors of the engagement i am glad he was so generous and considerate the last thing the gentlemen officiating in various capacities in the quartermaster and commissary departments desire is a reputation for courage that fastened upon them they might have more fighting to do while endeavoring to keep out of the reach of death-dealing missiles at gettysburg and at the same time watch the progress of the battle i took advantage of a lull in the firing to ride down the main street of the little town discovering a lot of shoes cloth gaiters such as ladies wear scattered in confusion over the muddy floor of a cellar and without apparent ownership i selected a pair of number threes and brought them away with me really i had as little idea what i wanted them for as the soldier had with respect to the grindstone he stole however i soon learned that there was a demand for just such articles on my way to staunton with the wounded i espied three persons a mother father and daughter standing in the doorway of a residence close to the highway whose surroundings and air of elegance pronounced it the abode of wealthy and refined people an uncontrollable desire to smoke immediately assailed me and dismounting at the gate i filled my pipe and approaching the party requested a light while a little darky was bringing a coal of fire the ladies and i fell into conversation while thus pleasantly engaged an ambulance to the roof of which were tied a half-dozen sets of hoops such as you ladies use came within view catching sight of them the two ladies left me in the lurch and accosting the driver of the vehicle insisted that he should sell them at least one set but although they offered an extravagant price and to pay in gold silver confederate money or greenbacks the driver remained faithful to his trust the articles belonging he said to doctor who was sending them to lady relatives near staunton tears prayers and entreaties were alike wasted upon his obdurate heart and the would-be purchasers returned empty-handed angry and the younger actually in tears the mean old thing began the old lady and was proceeding to give vent to her wrath and hail columbia to the driver when her daughter reminded her by a glance that a stranger was present then she explained that hoops had been absolutely unobtainable since the war began and would have furnished me a long list of facts concerning the deprivations her sex was subjected to had i not fortunately remembered and mentioned the pair of shoes then in my knapsack and on the way up the valley thus far i had been merely a private soldier entitled as such to kindness but not to any special consideration but the possession of a pair of shoes number threes lifted me at once out of the veil of obscurity and made me a personage of high and mighty consequence the young lady just must have them they were her exact number and a man like me had no use in the world for them what could i do charming nelly my right to the shoes questionable conscience forbade their sale while economy prohibited an absolute giving away the gentle zephyrs which floated through the wide hall wafted to my keen-scented olfactory nerves the delightfully appetizing and tempting odors of a frying chicken the red lips of the fair pleader seemed not less inviting and tantalizing a piano visible through the open windows of an elegantly furnished parlor promised music all things considered the quickly formed wish to strengthen my corporeal system by a square meal gratify my taste for sweets by a kiss and please my ears with dulcet strains of melody were not i hope a boldness and impudence for which a poor soldier all the way from texas should be censured but whatever it was i got a good dinner enjoyed the most deliciously entrancing music 
but too diffident to suggest osculatory exercise in the presence of the old folks compromised on permission to lace the gaiters on the ladies feet why that's nothing molly said the sensible mother when her daughter startled by the proposal would have refused you never object to clerks tying your shoes do you under such willing maternal sanction a fair and positive bargain was made and i reckon would have been consummated and the lovely maiden now be wearing the gaiters had the old lady been at home when i returned from staunton instead of three angular and squeamish aunts all old maids as it was and is i have the shoes yet and for all i know the young lady is going barefooted note six even when assured as was claimed after the battle of gettysburg that the backbone of the rebellion had been broken general meade who continued in command of the federal army until succeeded by grant did not deem it prudent to again offer battle to lee during the year eighteen sixty three though he followed lee into virginia it was at a respectful distance and the march of longstreet's corps south was leisurely the texas brigade rested from the march for a week or more at raccoon ford on the rapidan and thence proceeding toward fredericksburg arrived in the vicinity of that city about the twenty fifth of july remaining in camp there until about the last of august when it moved down to port royal some twenty miles below on the rappahannock thence with mclaw's division and under command of longstreet it went to the aid of bragg's army joining that army in time to participate in the two days battle at chickamauga End of chapter 13. Recording by Denise Nordell, Modesto, California.